Welcome to the new Paradigm Podcast. We are your hosts, Galia Brahim and Jess Garcia. We are self-transformational life coaches. In our podcast, we share insights and tools for transformation, self-healing, and spiritual self-development. Stay tuned for weekly episodes. To learn more about our mentorship programs and services, visit us at schoolsofconsciousness.com. Today, I am going to interview Jess on energy work. Jess Garcia is a transformational life coach who specializes in addiction recovery. She's a Reiki master teacher. She battled with her mental health for 12 years and freed herself through her mind. Now, she teaches a heart-centered path and a deeper understanding of energy healing. Welcome to episode 19 of the New Paradigm Podcast. And today I am going to interview Jess about energy healing, about the practice, and how is energy healing helping us to release everything that we need to release. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Great, great. I want to start off by asking you, how did you start learning about energy healing? And how did it guide your healing process? So I first actually learned about energy healing being real in the year 2017 because when I was a teenager and I was going through a really dark phase in my life, I was mm -hmm. exploring with psychedelics. And through psychedelics, I was able to realize that obviously everything I was seeing was energy and I was able to experience different dimensions. So I felt like that was my first attunement. And I remember I would go to my home and I would tell my mom, I would go home and tell my mom that I had healing powers and I would tell her to see my hands and how there was like energy coming out. Of course, she just looked at me like, oh yeah, but I obviously she, she thought I was delusional because at the time I was also using drugs so people normally don't consider that real so in 2017 when i was going through my soul reawakening i was at a metaphysical shop and i saw this book that was talking about energy healing and it was a reiki book and this was the first time that i ever heard about reiki and right when i was reading the book and thinking like wow i, I really want to learn this because i I know how to heal. I have had these abilities in previous lifetimes. This is why when I was a teenager, I remembered this. But because I then went back to sleep and went back into the mind control and being a slave to the matrix, I then just forgot about this part of myself because I didn't want to be too out there. I knew that I really want to dive into this and understand this because there's a reason why I always felt like I had healing powers with my hands. So this is how I first came across this modality called Usui Reiki. And shortly after this, a friend of mine told me that the teacher who had written that book was going to be doing a course on level one. So this is when I first got my attunement, which was on this is a funny part it was on april 1st 
2017, which is April Fools, right? So there was always this joke that people said, like some friends from online had said, was like it's like the date of April April Fools. So does that mean it doesn't count because it was a joke? The funny thing is that on this date where I went and I got my first attunement, I it was powerful because it was exactly what my soul needed at this time, and. Within 30 days of this attunement, by the end of April, I physically began to feel this major shift in my own energetic field and my whole life. And this is basically how I got introduced to energy healing. So it was like a remembrance that I knew this ancient healing modality. And through my awakening, this book synchronistically appeared to me. And then a friend of mine let me know that this author was was going to be teaching the class and shortly after that also i manifested some people where they had groups like on chats like on telegram and one of the admins of the group was a reiki master teacher as well so this is the time where reiki really entered my life and i was really diving more into it and trying to understand this path deeper within myself hmm Powerful, powerful. And how do you think energy healing is important today to break free from our limiting beliefs? That's a great question because everything is energy. And we live in a world of polarities. And if we do not understand how energy works, our whole lives, we're going to be manipulated. And this world is controlled by the elites, which is just a shadow aspect of our own self, right? This fear that we've created, this fall, right? This forget, forgetting who we are, this fall of grace. When we are in this fallen matrix, everything is about energy because we're being hijacked beyond 24-7 because this is going on through all dimensions if we're not aware. We're being hijacked and it's through our emotions. So everything is energy. And when we do not know this, we give our energy away. And instead of actually cultivating more, we're depleting ourselves. For example, if we are not aware of our own energy field, if we're not aware of our own emotions, and we're feeling really low this day, maybe we're feeling a little bit depressed, we don't want to go anywhere. But then you get a phone call and you have a friend saying, hey, there's a party or there's there's an event happening now. Like, come through. I'm going to pick you up. And you really don't want to go. Like, you, you want to stay home and you just, you just need to stay on your own. Be by yourself. And then you keep getting insisted on and then you don't have boundaries. So then you just, you feel guilty. You're like, oh, all right, whatever. I'm going to go. So you go to this party and you're already feeling low. If you're not aware of energy, once you enter this party, you're in different people's energetic fields. You're already feeling low, which means that you're going to resonate with these low frequencies of other people that are in this party. And if there's someone in there really projecting a lot of energy or there's some type of resonance with you, you're going to take on this energy unconsciously and it's going to be stored inside of you. And then if you go back home, you're actually going to feel worse than when you went there. So all of these things are 
happening all the time when we're not aware of our own energy. When we don't even know how our own energy feels like. How can we know when we're taking on other people's energies, other people's low frequencies and storing it into our own body? And then it stays there and we don't move it. This is where diseases are manifested. This is where feeling like you're not in your body anymore. It's what it feels like. It's when you're so disconnected from who you are. So it's important to know how to heal ourselves and to know how energy works so that we are able to become aware every single day of all of the times that there's energies that want to hijack us that these triggering energies are actually wake-up calls but we need to become aware of this but when we begin to learn how energy works how emotions are stored in our body due to trauma there's various levels of different traumas different events that create this emotion that becomes so strong and it gets stored inside of us and it just grows and grows until one day it just explodes because it's so much it never had any release this is why it's important for us to know how to transmute these energies when we know how to transmute we experience emotions but we're able then to move these emotions we use tools that help us move these emotions so we don't feel like we're bottled up yes so the more we tap into our energy, our own energy, we are becoming more conscious, more aware also of our external world. And we are able also to sense into other people's energies and not let other people's energies affect us because we know that their energy is theirs and it has nothing to do with us. So we don't take things personal. We're just coming from this higher perspective, higher place. And we are seeing the world through our own perspective, through our inner world. And this is really important to be trusting ourselves when it comes to energy. Because the only way for energy to work is through the self-trust. So it's really disconnecting from everything and it pushes us as well to go beyond physicality. Because if we are thinking in terms of energy, then it means that we are already traveling to another dimension, to another dimension of ourselves, of our being. And we can come back to this core, this essence of our being and what we are when we are not stressed, when we're not addicted to something, when we don't have the same negative subconscious pattern, so we are able to make space because we're seeing things from a higher perspective. Thank you so much for blessing us with this wisdom and this truth. This leads me to ask you, what needs to be understood about energy healing that we rarely see out there? And this, I think it's really important because I mean myself, you know, coming to know Reiki and then getting to know you and see how you work and you work really the in a way that is really special and unique because I think you really value your own experience and you're coming from this experience and you delivering these teachings and I think it's super empowering 
and powerful that you can read books and yes, you had your certification, you had, you know, like your Reiki master certification, but you are beyond that because you are truly trying to embody what you teach. So I would love to know your opinion about it and how can we make the things different? Mm. Well, thank you so much first for acknowledging me and I really appreciate that. I want to just start off by saying that everything starts with our heart. It really comes from this place of devotion. And this is where I feel like there is a lack when it comes to healing practices or energy healing teachers, master teachers, especially when, when it comes to Reiki. As there's been, like in every tradition, a lot of corruption, things become appropriated and then things lose their true meaning, their true message. And everything comes back to the path of devotion because when we're on this path and we're healing our energy bodies, essentially the reason why we're healing our energy bodies is to clear out the distortions and return to source, restore everything for the love of the divine and with love. And I feel like this devotional aspect is missing. It's more of, I feel like it's become more mainstream. And love, you know, true love and devotion is everything. This is something that actually has helped me deeply on my path was because from the very beginning, I knew deep down within what real truth, absolute truth feels like. And I just felt like I was being lied, right? And even when it came to me navigating my own spiritual awakening, coming across different teachings online, learning about different people and their topics. I felt like there was always something missing because when I would tune into these frequencies and turning into some these people's teachings and what I was seeing online, I felt like there was still something missing. Like it wasn't the full truth. And I feel like this is something that really needs to be understood within us is that you're not going to find an absolute truth out there. Everything is inside of us. We can see things that awaken, that activate us, but it's an internal journey and everything actually that we see outside, every image, if you have a spirit animal, someone's book pops up in, in your feed, all of these synchronicities that are happening externally are for us to see these images, these symbolisms, these symbols in our subconscious and it triggers us. So it's actually for us to experience this great awakening from within us. This is really what it comes down to when it comes to healing. We're not here to focus on healing the world. We're not here to focus on healing other people. We're here to focus on healing our own heart, to reconnecting within our own self, in our inner worlds, our inner dimension. And the greatest dimension is within our heart. This is, the, this is it. This is the seat. In this true space, this is where all wisdom lies. All experiences. This is where the true wealth is felt and experienced. And this is the most important thing when it comes to energy healing, working through these blockages so we can enter this space within our heart. And it's not about the visuals. It's not about fancy meditations. It's really just coming back to our heart. 
and really feeling, feeling the depths of our being, really contemplating our shadows, diving deep within those fears, sitting with the ghosts of the past, having a ceremony, and then realizing that all along, it's been you who you've been searching. And you're doing this for you, ultimately. And as we do that for ourselves, then this is that ripple effect. Everything that we do, because we're doing this with a, in a place of knowingness, love and compassion, then imagine when we put this energy out into the world, and of course it's going to project outwardly and it's going to manifest. But it's an inside job. Always, it's an inward job. The only truth out there is the truth that you experience. There is an absolute truth, but the absolute truth is not this world because this world is illusion. It's not absolute. So everything is inward. And we have to remember that what we see outwardly is just a projection. If we want to shift the external, we need to always go back to the internal. Yes. Beautiful. I would love to know what's your perspective on the different Reiki levels and how do you think that these levels can represent the different stages of self-mastery? Yes, I love this example of the levels in Reiki, which is, as we said earlier, it comes from Mikao Usui's teachings on self-realization, healing, and the path of enlightenment. The first phase is the phase where the initiates learn how to heal themselves. The focus is on healing yourself. So you're learning how to feel into your energy. There's different exercises. And this is like really like this initiation and discovery phase, learning the tools that you have. The second phase is level two. And there's two phases in it. And they're different phases because the way that Usui, he didn't really consider himself a founder. These are ancient teachings. But in this phase, it was all about the student going inward, the inner teachings, the mysteries of the soul, the self, feeling the energies and becoming intimate with these energies, the energies of the earth, the energies of the sky, the energies of the sun, feeling the oneness, the connectedness, where we can really connect to the universal heart, which is universal love. This feeling of being in relation with everything. This is what the second phase that is broken down in two of the path of Reiki. Third is the Reiki master level. And in this one, obviously you're continuing to dive into the inner teachings because we're always students. But in this level more so, now where you're working with empowering and like stronger energies, certain symbols as well. By this time, one has developed a practice that consists of chi cultivation, which is energy cultivation. And we reach a stage within ourselves, within our own journey where we know and we can attune ourselves because we're already attuned. We can connect to how we are all one, the oneness. At this point, we're already comfortable working in different dimensions because within ourselves, we've already dove deep inside ourselves and different dimensions and the quantum field. So we're able now to consciously work through all these dimensions 
the master teacher level at this level obviously at this point now you can pass on the transmission you are at a phase where you've been cultivating your energy you've been practicing diligently you're devoted you've been helping others on this path you've been working with them on in the astrals and different dimensions and at this phase now one is able to teach we're able to pass it down and pass this gift of reiki which reiki is love it is essentially the love of the divine because we are this life force because reiki simply means universal life force in japanese but when mikao usui created this healing system it wasn't called reiki he just called it his system because he had put down different tools and techniques of his own practice and he put them all together to help other people to teach them how to move that energy so it was a mixture of qigong a mixture of buddhism tendai buddhism a tradition of different types of ancient japanese religions like shinto that worked with sound vibrations mantras different breath techniques and it was all focused and all geared towards our self-realization and walking this path of enlightenment becoming enlightened every single day becoming our own source of power being empowered and empowering others it was never focused on becoming a master teacher and going to heal others no it was heart based it was about coming to the self and as we heal ourselves then automatically it happens the more love we give ourselves when this love is overflowing we have love to share but we don't give love when we need love ourselves as in we need to first nurture this aspect of ourselves i love actually how that is that that system is done like i can understand mikao sui's psychology when he created these steps actually before it was corrupted you know this these stages because i was able to realize how they play in like you know the stage 1 is the initiation which is all about your self healing path you're awakening you're awakening to your traumas you're becoming aware of things that you didn't even know existed before and at this point we're beginning to research okay like how, you know i want to learn some tools and we start learning about meditation yoga energy work prayer different things right and we start becoming knowledgeable we want to arm ourselves with tools and then applying these tools applying different techniques and modalities and beginning to get into a practice that's the the first stage when we're becoming familiar with our own self and reawakening to our truth our assignment why we are here and then the deeper we go into this journey then we go into the deeper teachings within ourselves we go into this phase of self realization where we realize ourselves but now that we've realized ourselves it doesn't stop there this is where the inner teachings begin because now the inner guru the inner teacher has awakened and now we're going to go into the depths of ourselves this is the path of the initiate now we're in- initiated into deeper truths and then of course from there the deeper we go and we're applying the tools that we've learned through the first part of our self-healing journey the initiation of this path as time goes we're continuing to implement these tools until we come to a place where we have more mastery of ourselves and we feel more confident and then we stay a period of time in this phase and then when we feel comfortable this is when now we're we're able to share this gift people 
from here on, they just, you, this is where you listen to your heart. You know, you can coach, you can be, write your books, whatever it is, but this is where you start sharing your gifts with the world. It's in this space where you feel like you're able to teach, you're able to share what you have gained along your journey, the wisdom that you've gained along the journey. So this is the phase where, as you're still learning, because we're eternal students, but people then see you as someone knowledgeable who walks their path and they see you as a teacher and you embody this in, in your life. So this is why I really love how Usui's system was created, this healing system, because it really goes with the steps that I really feel like I could resonate with when it comes to how we evolve. I like that you mention that we need to respect the different steps, the different levels, because this is also the result of our own self-healing journey. We hear a lot about newly Reiki masters who have some hard time to integrate these energies, these higher energies, these powerful energies, because they have never learned to truly know themselves. So they wanted to jump from level one to level three in a short amount of time, sometimes even two weeks. We have packages like this. And I think it's really important to respect our level of awareness and to be aware of this level of awareness and not placing ourselves in the shoes of a teacher when we're still the student. So I respect your journey and you taking three years, I think, three years to get your Reiki master level teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes. It so it took you three years and you really had this time to dive deep within yourself, to get to know these energies and you wanted to do this work because you know that you needed to be authentic with yourself as well. Not just with others, but first with yourself. Okay, what is my level of awareness? Do I need more time? And if I need more time, I'm going to take this time because it's important. And nowadays, I think dismissing the path just to place ourselves as teachers, it's really painful for the tradition. And we lose the, just like you said earlier, we lose the meaning of things. And this leads me to ask you, how has this tradition of Japanese Reiki been hijacked by the New Age movement? I love that question because there's so much corruption in the spiritual community, a lot of appropriation like we talked about earlier. And I feel like with everything, it evolves throughout time. But what happens when things continue to evolve and if they go in the hands of people who have selfish intentions, then of course, then it gets hijacked. And then what the true essence of what something is, it gets lost because now it's in the hands of other people who don't have those same intentions. They have their own intentions and then it changes it. it it's something different than what it originally was meant to be. And this has happened with all traditions, all teachings. It's been corrupted and it's been lost because it's something that is normal. This is what happens in this realm, change. It's important for us to restore the truth because what has happened is because there's so many lies that all it does is it creates chaos. 
what has happened with the traditional teachings of Mikao Sui. They were later on changed when he passed away. He had already worked with many, many students and he was starting to have people that were coming in from the Navy and getting training. What happened is that when he initially started to share these teachings, the purpose was again to help people, like the people that would come to him and that then wanted to learn how to heal themselves, they would be able to do it. And of course, then later on, if they wanted to share the gift, then they would also be able to do that for others. But it was always going back to the self. It was meant to be for self-healing. And the reason why... Even the symbols, right? It came really later, right? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So even in the beginning, for instance, the way that Usui taught, it was very... It was depending on the student. For instance, if a student had Shinto practices, then he would give them mantras to practice and to connect. If, for instance, there was a student and the student was leaning more towards Buddhism, then he would give that student Buddhist practices. The point was not to focus on the external, but to focus on the internal experience, to have the student actually feel the energies. So this is why he wanted the students that chose to learn under Usui to take their time and he would have them do different energy exercises. Like I mentioned before, Shinto chants, kotodamas, which means sacred sounds, were a major part of what he would assign students that, of course, he felt that would resonate this way, that would allow them to connect within themselves. So you see, the whole point was to come back to ourselves, to feel spirit, to feel source within us, to feel this energy. The more, because there's different students on different levels, there's people that have already been developed spiritually in ways where in this lifetime we can connect faster because it's something that we develop strongly in past lifetimes. So it's already an innate gift that we have. So then this is how he would be able then to have his students and they would come in, they would practice different energy exercises to clear out energy, to move the energy. He had also um, martial arts practices that he used, breath practices, all of these things. And these were the tools that he was sharing his students and he would have them work through these energies until he actually felt and saw like he could really feel that his students were embodying and understanding these energies, then he would graduate them. He would go to them and graduate them. So this is something that is obviously lost now because we don't see this in Western Reiki and all of the variations that we have. It's not like that. And for instance, when it came to Reiki, again, traditional, like the real essence of Reiki was always about self-healing, not trying to compete and become the master teacher. This is something now, of course, that we see a lot in Western tradition. And everyone inventing their own Reiki. Yes, and sadly, and I mean, I'm glad actually that I got to experience this, but in the beginning of my first year's awakening and learning more about energy healing and diving deeper into my soul, into the depths of my being, I, of course, connected with other beautiful souls that were on their path, and they were Reiki masters and... I realized, wow, this is not responsible of the Reiki master teachers who are just attuning or opening up 
students to these levels when they're not ready. Because I literally have had some friends who completely lost their mind. It was too much. Their soul was like ripped open and they got exposed to things they weren't ready for it because they were trying to rush the process. And they didn't realize that they were also opening up to entities because they're going to teachers who don't have the best intention. They're just seeing it as a business. And they see their students as a harvest, sadly. And I know people, when I first began my journey, I know people, including I experienced it firsthand from my own teachers who, in the end, their sole purpose actually was just to get something from you. And then they still want to be seen as superior. So they still don't have this They're not coming from this pure heart. They're still coming from a place of ego, false ego. So this is something that needs to revive again. The way of the heart. This is also a big thing that Mikao Usui was big on was for the students, his students to live by the five precepts. This was embodying the teachings was to every single day remember these teachings. And it goes like this. Just for today, I will not bear anger. For anger is illusion. Just for today, I will not worry, for fear is distraction. Just for today, I am grateful for all my blessings. Just for today, I work with honesty and integrity. Just for today, I am kind and compassionate with myself and all living beings. And so it is. This is what I live by. And there's days, of course, we all have our our days that are harder than others. We're human, we're learning. But when we remember these precepts, when we remember this way, these principles, it allows us to check ourselves and remember, hold on, anger is illusion. It's maya. It's false evidence appearing real, like what is creating this anger. And worry is fear. Again, fear, it's false evidence. It's distracting us from our truth. So when we can be grateful that we can realize that, that we can be grateful that we can have consciousness, develop our consciousness, and we can change our ways, then we can work with honesty and integrity and integrate that every single day in everything that we do. Every interaction, even if some interactions may be even harder to stay in our loving presence because maybe we're more triggered, but we still try. Even if we fail, we still try and try and try. We get up. That's integrity. And to remember to be compassionate with ourselves and kind with ourselves first, because when we do that first with ourselves, now we won't feel guilty when we give that first to others. The reason why we feel guilty and frustrated is because we feel like we're giving others something and we haven't given it to ourselves. So when we can be compassionate and kind to ourselves, we can give that back with love and grace without feeling frustrated, like we're being robbed from our energy. So by us remembering this, we're able to check ourselves and remember. And by remembering those five things, it allows us to stay in our heart, to walk this path of love and compassion with ourselves. And as we're better with ourselves, as we're kind with ourselves, as we have respect, self-respect, This will project into everything and everyone that we meet. Yes, definitely. And and it's beautiful that you're saying this because we really understand that Reiki is a complete practice. Energy healing, because even now we are beyond words. Energy healing, it's a ritual, it's a lifestyle. 
it's something that you embody daily. If you get into a practice, a spiritual practice, then you want to embody this practice. So we need to mention this. And I hope so many people are going to listen to this message because they need to. They need to in a world where we don't know what to believe anymore. Who says the truth? If someone tells you the truth is in your own heart, I'm not your guru. I don't want you to consider me as your guru. I'm just here to show you the way back to your heart. So I think it's beautiful and powerful. And I want to ask you, how can someone who is not familiar with Reiki or energy healing, how can someone start or working with energy? Well, the first way that someone who is new with energy work and to actually get started is to first practice tuning into your own frequency. And this starts by simply beginning actually to create a safe space every single day. I personally love when I first started going into nature because I felt like I was so disconnected from nature. So I never liked touching the ground with my bare feet unless I was at the beach. But I always kept my shoes on. And then at home, I always had socks on. So one of the first things that I started to do to feel connected with the earth and really like start practicing like flushing out negative energy like through my feet was earthing taking my shoes off going into nature i would get things for instance at the beginning i would use a lot of crystals now i don't need crystals but in the beginning i used tools that would help me feel more spiritual because i felt like i wasn't spiritual so i feel like we go through this stage in our journey like first we like to have things that make us feel like we're connecting to something yeah beyond you so in the beginning i had this deck of cards like uh oracle cards and i would go out into nature i would grab my palo santo and (laughs) grab my crystals and just go there and i would set an intention that i was going to feel into my energy and see what it was that i needed to release so i would go into nature i would begin to connect with the elements around me consciously acknowledging the trees consciously acknowledging the clouds if there was any clouds if there was wind how it felt in my skin and just really feeling into the oneness of everything and this practice is something that i do every day now because i did it consciously at first to build this awareness more gratitude appreciation for the beauty that i once didn't even realize was there so that's the first thing because this is how we're connecting to our environment. We're connecting to the energies around us. Everything around us affects us. And when we are unconscious of this, then we don't know why we feel a certain way. So by connecting consciously to the elements around us, and we can feel into the vibration. And how can we feel into the vibration? Feel into the presence of this either immense tree or feel into how the cloud, right? Like this, this cloud or the sky, like how this makes you feel. So the feeling that you get from this gaze or this observation or this contact, this is how you can then tune into this frequency and learning to trust in your own intuition. Because in the beginning, when we don't know how to trust ourselves, we say things are a coincidence. But in reality, everything was meant to be. 
But when we become sure of ourselves and sure of the energies that we are, and we are aware of the energies that surround us, then we don't get caught off guard. We're more centered and grounded. So this is one thing, becoming aware of your surroundings. What I used to love to do that helped me a lot, and I imprinted this subconsciously to do this now just as a part of like the way that I think is also in the beginning, I read this book on the way of the inner shaman. There was nice meditations where you would visualize yourself like as your consciousness looking down and trying to envision mm -hmm. everything around you and really like feeling as for instance, if you look at, if you meditate and you take a picture within your mind's eye of where you are, where you're at, where you're sitting, and then you meditate on the visual that you are on the roof, for instance, of the house, and you are up there and you're looking down at yourself and to like learn to do remote viewing and be able to see everything. So these are exercises that you can use with actually even just like expanding your awareness and expanding your consciousness. So again, it's about sensory tools, right? This is why it's something that's very common with a lot of new seekers, right? When we first begin to awaken to our true spiritual nature, we then want to explore ourselves. We wanna like get into meditations and we start discovering tools like breath work, mantra meditations, different movements that help us connect. Like for instance, another thing that I recommend besides what I just said about first connecting with our environment, becoming aware, and then having a time where you can check in with yourself and feel what your own energy feels like, not people around you, but what does it feel like to be in your energy? What does that feel like? And how, does, how do you know when you're not, like this is not your energy? There's been an infiltration, right? You've taken on some other energy that isn't yours. It's in your field and you need to clear it. The next one is the body scanning, right? Feeling into your body and getting into this meditation where you ask yourself, you, you actually directly talk to yourselves and you begin to actually feel your body developing body wisdom because we have the ability to change our DNA with our thoughts. Because with anything like I've known cases and I've known people who thought they had a disease. For instance, someone in my past thought they had HIV and they started to get symptoms. They were freaking out. Then they called me and asked me if I could take them to the hospital because if they found out the results, they would die of like the heart attack because this person was sure that she had all the symptoms of HIV because she Googled it. So supposedly she felt, it turns out obviously she didn't have this, but she was feeling like this because she was scared. So then she started to produce the symptoms of her own fear she made herself physically sick. So just like someone can make themselves physically sick and display the symptoms of a disease, the same thing, if, if you truly change your beliefs, the way you talk to yourself, the way that you see life, it changes everything on a cellular level because now you are feeding your cells with positive thoughts. You're charging yourself up. When we think negatively, we're depleting ourselves. We're draining ourselves. It takes the, the zen out of life, the zest. We lose touch with our reality. So it's important to become aware of this. And these are exercises that are simple and one can begin 
to work with these energies and firsthand feeling and experiencing how energy is moving from within and how we affect the external and how also if we're not aware of our external, it can affect us. That is key for energy work, awareness. Powerful. Thank you so much for your explanations. I think it's really clear and it's really potent. It's something that you can experience yourself. And I think we need more of this. We need more of teachers who are putting the practice first, the experience first. And I want to ask you, what are your current offerings and how can our listeners find your work? Thank you so much for your feedback. I appreciate that. And currently, I offer a one-month and a three-month mentorship program. For the three-month, this one is focusing on a full transformation. And this is where we dive deep into healing, intergenerational traumas, deprogramming, and reprogramming. And I also offer one-on-one -on -one healing sessions. And I also have on the website, you can find my Reiki Level 1 certification course and a Reiki Level 2 certification course. And you can find me at jessgarcia.coaching on Instagram. And on my Instagram, you're going to find my link tree. You'll be able to see all the links to our services there. Great. Thank you so much. And I would love you to end this podcast by teaching us and Reiki exercise to clear out our energetic body field? Okay, I love this question. So this is going to be simple. And, and I'm going to do it with you. Awesome. So this is going to be simple. That way our listeners don't need to watch us on a screen. Super simple. So first we're going to sit down comfortably. You can either sit down on a chair, feet flat on the floor, or you can sit Indian style. Make sure that your spine is erect, your shoulders are relaxed, your palms are going to be facing up, and your head is going to just be neutral and just relax, relax your body. We're going to first focus on our breath. We're going to focus on taking a deep inhale through our nose. And we're going to exhale through our belly. And as you're doing this, imagine your belly is going towards your spine and you are releasing all of the air in your belly. You're going to fill it up. And when you fill up your belly, I want you to envision a beautiful golden light that is filling up your belly and as you exhale this golden light is coming out of your pores of your skin and you're exhaling and it's filling your entire room where you're at with this beautiful golden light breathe in Breathe out. Relax. 
you are neither here nor there, but somewhere in between. Continue to breathe. And now, I want you to place your palms, one, your right hand is going to be on your heart and your left hand is going to be under your belly button, under your navel. And I want you to continue to focus on this golden light that is filling up inside of your body, your organs, as you're breathing, it's circulating inside of you. It's traveling in your energy channels and this beautiful light is all around you. You're breathing it, you're in it. So continue to focus on this vision. And now I'm going to chant a Kotodama that is the Chokure that connects us to our power. This energy is earth energy, earth key, and the vibration that I'm going to chant, I want you to first feel into it and then I want you to vibrate it with me. to the frequencies you are safe you always have this access within yourself As long as you have an open heart and an open mind, anything is possible. And we open up to the infinite possibilities. And you can just begin to move your body around, moving your hips side to side. This is the area where your Jing lies, your life force, your Kundalini. And as you move your hips left to right, 
left to right. I want you to move this energy. I want you to feel it and visualize it as you physically move your spine, swirling up and down, imagining as if you were a snake going up the spine. You're moving this energy. Now bring it up to your shoulders and move your shoulders up and down, side to side, moving it, moving this energy, moving your neck, your head, gently side to side, shaking this energy, moving it all the way up to the crown and allowing it to flow freely from your root to your crown, root to your crown, and shake off this stagnant energy, shake it off, shake your fingers. As you're shaking it off, you're shaking your body, shaking your arms, you are expelling it back to the earth. Give it back to mother and allow mother earth to transform this energy. It is no longer yours. Just end with a sigh. Thank you. Thank you so much for this powerful practice and you truly my inspiration every single day. All your teachings and I had my first attunement with another Reiki master but I could feel that with you when we went through my second level together it was deeper and it's also because we have this connection, but because I could feel that you were feeling more into the depth of things. So me having this achievement with you, it was, it was an experience and I could really feel the shift which in my being. And I know it's because you have experienced these levels within yourself and you dove deep within these different energies so you know when you attune someone you know what energy you are putting out there this is not something that you are doing and it's just mechanical it's something that you have truly integrated and it's yours and this mastery is yours and I'm super happy that I can be a part of this journey with you and I can see you truly unwinding and winding each day and becoming the best version of yourself. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you and I love you and thank you for showing up and choosing to walk this path. I love you. I love you. And I'm super excited to announce 
the season two of our podcast because this episode is the last episode of the season one of our podcast so stay tuned for season two we are going to have special guests it's going to be mostly interviews so i look forward to getting into this season two and sharing our beautiful guests with you our listeners we really appreciate you and if you like this episode please don't forget to screenshot and post it on your social media we appreciate a good support thank you so much blessings